Hello. Hello. <laughs> it is Thursday, the 14th of November. It's five past nine and welcome to the big kickoff. I'm speaking a little bit softer at the minute. Because why is that, Roy? Why am I speaking a bit softer? Playing some lullaby music. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot. Oh, you forgot? <laughs> Why have you forgotten? <laughs> how to sleep. That's how I've forgotten. Yes. Roy has added a, another member to his squad, haven't you, Roy? Yeah, Penny arrived there on Monday and, um, yeah, it's great, but it's <laughs> three months. I'm counting down every day now till I get my sleep back, so, yeah. But, yeah, all good. <sighs> All's good. Everyone's happy. Nice Everyone's fine. But the girl. Listen. Uh, you need a bit. You need a bit of balance. She'll need, sort out the two lads. No, you pop. need to give me some tips after. No, she'll sort out the two lads, don't you? Will she? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You think they're grand now? No, wait, like they'll be even better now once she gets going. Will but, they move out? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all's good at home all's great at home so far yeah, yeah so you're only back since yesterday back from hospital yeah um, yeah it's, it's just uh, you're in the inn and you're kind of back out again and then you're just that's it you know so far plenty of people coming in oh jammers but that'll calm down fairly soon yeah and, uh, no it's great and as you said it's a different dynamic when you have a girl I suppose so we'll soon find out how are the two boys so far they don't even know her. She's she's a bit boring after twenty minutes. <laughs> Does nothing. Just you know? sleeping. Yeah, yeah that's the guy. You come in. Are they great? Yeah. Five minutes later, go. Yeah. I'm gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've seen her now. That's grand. Can I go? Yeah. It's a baby. Owen came in, and Owen gets really. What would I say? Uncomfortable. How oh, after old. a minute or two, it's like hold, I'm done. Hold the baby. Yeah, he's not. And he's a dad himself. Like he isn't dad himself. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyhow, he held it under duress, and. Uh, Stiff as a poker. So, speaking of which, what have we got coming on over the next hour? Well, David. <laughs> yeah, today we have uh, Roisin Upton from the Irish Hockey Senior Team who are now going to Tokyo. Going to Tokyo with that unbelievable game uh, versus Canada, the qualifier, which is in the uh, Energia Park. And uh, yeah, so she's on to talk about, well, exactly, go li- relive the moment. Yeah. Uh, I can't do this seriously now with this music. <laughs> well, I pause it, well, I... Yeah. <laughs> relive the moment and to talk about, you know, what the future holds over the next few months. Yeah, plenty of preparation coming up, uh, obviously, for Tokyo, which is soccer September, August September. I'm yes. sure she'll tell us. Uh, so, yeah, that's coming up. Obviously, plenty of stuff that was going on over the last week. Obviously, VAR is showing his head again. But currently, Ireland are 2 1 up. Am I right in saying so? 2 1 up at the moment, yep. Quick, uh, quick, quick, have a look. Have a quick look just to make sure. Still 2 1. Yeah, Sean McGuire with a nice finish. Nice quick 1 2 from a free kick with Troy Parrott. And then he stuck it in with a nice, just outside the box into the top corner. Derek Williams with the first one with a nice header just before half time. Like a salmon. Like a salmon. Um, he's just come off now for Callum O'Dowd, but by all accounts, they're rack, racking up the pressure and hopefully just getting another. Which is expected because, yeah. as you said, New Zealand have 17 months or 18 ha- months? They haven't played since March 2018. So wow. That's a, a big gap, isn't Grant. it? Grant. Well, listen, build but some up the decent confidence. players in their side, so, but listen, they're under expected to beat them. Yeah. So. so we're going to take a quick song before we get Roisin on. So this is Chasing Abbey's Abbey with Domino. Z. Let's go, tempo, not leaving no trace, no We're moving, swift cruising, we left the back way, so No questions asked, I said run away, you laughed Think I'm running from my past, but I need you there to last, yeah Don't make a sound, if you trust me, push me now, like And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM 
8.55pm on November the 3rd, third, <laughs> we all witnessed the dramatic conclusion of Ireland's Women's Hockey Olympic qualifier against Canada and what a conclusion it was. A sudden death penalty shootout is never a good thing for the heart and Roisin Upton and her Irish teammates tasted every, are tested every week heart in the country. Roisin joins us on the line. Roisin, welcome to the big kickoff. Hi, Roy. How are you doing? God, you? you did Great. bloody test the hearts. I just want to say that again, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, firstly, before we go into the action on the night, uh, the crowd was 6,137 in Energia Park that night, and that was the biggest crowd for a women's international sporting event in Ireland ever. So how did it feel, I suppose, playing with that support? And was there, could you feel the support and could you feel a bit of pressure as well at the same time? Yeah, I think um, hockey is, come a long way in the past two years you know it's incredible I don't think we would have imagined that um, an event like that would have been happened two years ago um, so it was yeah it was really special and to break the record of course like topped it off um, and yeah there's definitely pressure you know I think since the the World Cup um, people know now that we have a, an, a hockey an Irish hockey team and, and you know this is what we've dreamt of our whole lives was qualifying for an Olympics so there was no pressure greater than what we had on ourselves but there was definitely pressure that's great. Did you do you feel a sense of pride now that you're you're part of a potential boom in hockey that'll no doubt happen? You've seen it with World Cups with the Ireland senior teams. You see it in golf. You see it even te- tennis only has to be on Wimbledon in the summer, and someone sparks a bit of interest and people are out rowing. playing R- rowing. Yeah, same thing. So. Do, do you feel that sense of pride now that you're, you're definitely going to encourage a lot more girls now to play hockey and strengthen uh, the, the the hold that we're currently having? Yeah, you know, I think what's so unique about Ireland, as you say, like you mentioned, so many sports there and we compete across such a wide range of sports at such a high level. So um, to put hockey on the map in Ireland has been, you know, it's been fantastic and I've seen it locally here in Limerick, but, you know, my teammates have said it and everybody has said it all over Ireland that, young kids you know the numbers are just growing by the year there's been loads of new clubs set up even um people coming back um to play i suppose coming out of retirement so there's more teams over 35s over 40s all being set up and uh yeah that's just part of it you know it's just we we have a good buzz at the moment um and really to be honest it's, it's for the hockey community it started four years ago when the men qualified for the rio olympics um and we just came off the back of that two years, so it's World Cup, so it's, it's great. Just on that with the men's, there was probably, I presume, a concerted push for Olympics and qualifying. Was was there a general new plan set up with Hockey Ireland to kind of start going to that next level, obviously on, on, with both men and women? What, did that kind of kick off together at the same time, or did it kind of start with the fact that the men were kind of looking to, like they were going to get there before you, so to speak? No, um, both teams were really knocking on the door for the yeah. past couple of Olympic cycles and both would have narrowly missed out. Um, in 2012 for London, you know, it came down to the last couple of seconds for the mm. men, the last two seconds, I think, and the women were eaten well. But then when it came to Rio, you know, the men obviously qualified and the women missed out on a shootout. Um, so they were both there, thereabouts. Hello? Hello. Oh, oh that's good. <laughs> you <laughs> weren't sure whether it was no. cut off or it was just short and sweet. Uh, how hard was it in the first leg to play in the atrocious weather that was on? Yeah, it was mad, wasn't it? Um, 
Genie really impacted the game. I think it suited Canadians a lot more. I think we got, I suppose, our whole year of rainfall in that one night is what it felt like. It was unreal. <laughs> How does that affect the pitch or the stick? Uh, it just makes it really heavy, I suppose. It's just like grass and mud, you know, like it makes it so much heavier lifting your legs. Um, mm. It slows the ball down traveling across it because it's just going in puddles. Um, yeah, you know, there's water dripping out of your shoes. So you don't really want to take any risks passing the ball around. You know, it's not flying at a good ball speed. So if the ball holds up at all you're, and you're passing it around the back, you know, you're giving the Canadians the opportunity to come in and steal it. So it was mainly, you know, throwing the ball in the air, throwing aerials down the pitch, trying to play territory. But it wasn't a great watch for a neutral I think I think most people who are watching the game were expecting the Irish team to break down the Canadian team, mm. and it was just that expectancy of it's going to come, it's going to come, it's going to come. And in the second leg, then you're going, ah, yeah, it's going to come, it's on the way now. <laughs> and as every minute passed, and into each quarter, you could feel the tension just starting to creep up on yourself. I'm watching at home, and. You're, you're We're all experts within five minutes. You literally are, yeah, you, you know everything about hockey. You're <laughs> yeah. saying, what's she doing that for? <laughs> Why would you and you're sitting on the edge, you're literally sitting on the edge of your seat. So how did you feel as the game was developing? And, and what, was, what way was your focus, the whole team? Yeah, well, I suppose like we know the Canadians better than most. And there was a sense in the public that, um, well, anybody that has said to me that, oh, Canada ranked 15, so like, you'll, you should beat them. But they had really centralised I suppose and they had moved their whole squad over to Belgium for the past year because the standard of hockey is higher there so they had so much to fight for you know they had sacrificed a lot and they had come on a, a huge way and you know for us we were ranked 15th when we came second at the World Cup so that didn't mean anything but yeah we did hope to break them down um, in the first half you know we, I think we went at them early and then as the game went on and the second half went on we probably uh, became more defensive and you know nobody wanted to give anything away um, and we probably played not to lose a bit, a little bit too much. Um, and then, yeah, went to the shootout, which people seem to think is the plan for us, but it isn't too much. <laughs> <for their children>. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you have someone, uh, she must be the best in the world in shoot, shootouts, Aisha McFerrin. How does she compare to, or are we missing other people? How does she compare uh, to, sh to shootouts to other goalkeepers around? Yeah, she's incredible. You know, she's extremely agile and... Um, She'll say it herself that she wasn't completely on it for the first um, shootout or two and, you know, the Canadians took their opportunities, but then she just switched her focus straight away and when we were 3-1 down and, you know, almost dead and buried, hmm. um, she, she came alive. But it's not even just the shootout, it's, it's her entire play. You know, she's an incredible communicator. She reads the game so well and she has to be up there again in contention for goalie of the year, world goalie of the year. So obviously when you're standing at the halfway line and you're not in the first five, are you slightly thinking about you might come into it or are you just watching the current five penos when do you start to focus going oh crap I actually might have to step up here yeah no so it was the same five so um, I actually took the third one. Oh, did you um, Wait, you know? oh, oh it's the same five say I'm an expert no, <laughs> shows yeah, you right now it's different yeah in some sports you have to, <laughs> you have to pick someone else don't you yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah so I took the third one didn't go to plan yeah um, now the time so it was it was great then that I suppose the girls were able to step up under immense pressure you know the Canadians had four opportunities to win the game and Bethany Barr Chloe Watkins and as you mentioned Aisha stepped up and it went to sudden death so um, our coach just walked over and kind of very calmly um, just said Roisin you go first like Nikki you go second and 
the list continued on and I kind of just zoned out and I didn't have too much time to think about it yeah. because I had to walk up already and go for the first sudden death due date. But yeah, it was great. I don't think, you know, the the momentum had shifted so much since the girls scored the two and Aisha made the save that it probably didn't matter, you know, who he's going to call to take mm. the first one. I think we were in such a good place. Um, I was just relieved I got a, an opportunity to redeem myself. Yeah, because it, it was looking bad. I, I personally, yeah, and honestly, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. when when we were, they had three opportunities to win it. I was like, well, we can get away with one. We can get away with two. I'm going to get away with three. I just, I don't know. I can't say. But you're you you broke your wrist, and did that play a part in in your focus? Or like it must have been must have been pins and needles going through if you if you had a fracture in it. Um, I, I was getting a bit of a vibration all right sometimes during the game when I was going for bigger passes, like um, big on sweeps and hits and stuff. So I tried to limit that, but I, I didn't think too much about it. Um, you know, you don't know if you've just gotten a bad bone bruise or a knock. And, and I've, I've played in the past, you know, when I was in secondary school, I've played with broken bones in my feet and in my hands and wrists and not realised um, until after it. So it's just, I think it's just the adrenaline takes over and you're so focused. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the World Cup, just to step back a bit in the World Cup, how does that, how does that experience help you in this situation when you're playing uh, to qualify for the Olympics? I suppose the biggest thing was that it gave us belief that we could compete yeah. with the top teams. Um, we, when our new coach came in in July, he really tried to add an attack and flair to our style of play. Um, which is something we badly needed and we all acknowledged, you know, we couldn't just rest in our defence forevermore. Um, so given given we tried to do that, I suppose, and when you're going forward more, you're going to concede more opportunities defensively. Um, and we just had to make sure that we didn't lose that defensive presence that we're renowned for now, I suppose. Um, so the World Cup, yeah, like it was just, it was really a start of actually, you know, we can compete with the top teams and with a little bit of luck and, you know, a whole lot of Irish support over in London and at home. Um, sky's the limit. It was, again, it, it's been amazing. Like, I think, in all fairness, I remember with the men and that kind of true little spark for me to, to be watching yeah. the, the hockey yourselves in the World Cup has kind of opened my eyes to watching a lot more hockey. So when mm. it's on, you're kind of switching it on. But now with the Olympics, and this is what I'm saying about there'd be a mini boom, it, it, I'm not the one who's going to be sparked and going to be the next uh, great Irish hockey player, but there's so many <laughs> yeah. kids, and you could see it in the stadium. Uh, there was just so much positivity around it that this is this is going to be this is going to be something special. Not now, but I just think in another five, yeah. ten years, I think it's going to spawn uh, a lot of good hockey players. What do you do between now and the summer? Um, so we're on a rest period now for a couple of weeks. Um, so I suppose that works out well being in a cast. And then we'll hope to get some uh, heat chamber work in in December. So we'll kind of get back together in our regional camps in either Belfast or Dublin. And then in January, it'll all kick start again. So essentially, we'll probably be training three to five days a week. Um, we'll have a couple of trips abroad. It's as good as, um, I suppose, we, you could only really work part-time, you know, and we're lucky that mm. we have that support outside of hockey. But, yeah, it'll be it'll be full whack. So, obviously, now there's a bit of downtime. So, are you back in school? Uh, I qualified as a primary teacher last May. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was 
hoping to, I don't actually have a job, but I was hoping to get in and substitute for a few days, but yeah. the, cast is, the cast isn't allowed, unfortunately. Uh, you, mean, you mean you're sponging off the state? Yeah. <laughs> <Don't start>. No, uh, no, not at all. All these, all these students. Huh? So, and obviously, with the downtime, is it going to be predominantly a focus with the uh, with Ireland, or will there be a bit of uh, time to play club hockey? Yeah, so that's what this period is for. Um, November, December is to hook back up your club, and mm-hmm. then, of course, um, in the new year, we'll just be yeah, managing managing that as much as possible. Yeah, it's important to I think stay involved with your club. Um, Especially, you know, I love playing my local club, Cask Institute. I grew up playing with them, and we mm. just broke into first division this year. And you know, it'll be a tough ask to stay up there. So um, I'll be looking to play as many matches as I can. I'd say it was some crack when you went back to the club because there was a plenty of tweets from all the from the girls when they went back to the various <laughs> clubs and their guards of honour and stuff like that. Did you get a good reception yourself? You know, it was actually hilarious. Um, they had a game on Saturday, and there was all big plans that we were going to have a big celebration Saturday night. Um, and I was so exhausted from the week that had just gone by that uh, they were all going to the Munster rugby game. And I said, look, guys, yeah, I'll leave you to it. I'm going to go home, just get a quick nap. I'm not going to in town. <laughs> and they fell asleep until half past 12 at night. <laughs> I didn't arrive in until 1am and sure, the half, half the party was over at that stage. Yeah, they've had their fun. Yeah. Uh, that's gas. And we also seen over the last month you've been recently... Um, appointed a goal ambassador. What's that going to entail over the next few months or, or however long you're going to be in the position? Yeah, so it's fantastic. Um, I'm going to fly out to Malawi on Sunday with, um, you know, Jenny Murphy, who plays the Irish rugby women, yeah. and Sinead O'Hearn, the Gaelic football captain, mm-hmm. Dublin. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great to hook up with the two girls and, yeah, essentially just fly over to Malawi and see the work that they do and take part in some of... Um, the activities in terms of whether it's conservation agriculturally or you know education with the kids and um, nutrition wise with with the mothers over there or anything from tree planting and just essentially just traveling around Malawi to see the great work that gold does um, and what it means to really be a global citizen I suppose absolutely yeah it's phenomenal work uh, that they do also another thing I noticed the other day so you were at a talk and Gary Longwell was there talking about relationship sport can you tell me one thing you learned from it Gary, what a man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a legend. Um, the biggest thing Gary taught me is like the relationship uh, with yourself, I think, and like all about positive self-talk and, you know, how you can be your own worst enemy sometimes. They all chimp on the shoulder. Yeah. So just pointing that down. But Gary worked with us a lot. You know, he was, um, for me, he was the unsung hero of the World Cup. Um, you know, he really brought us all together and, uh, yeah, I just love working with him. He's a fantastic psychologist and a great resource that we have. And has that been quite prominent with you guys before, obviously, the World Cup run? And it's such a massive thing now in every anyone we talk to and stuff like that when they talk to sports psychologists and the power of the mind, just how much that's a driving force now in, in any game. Yeah, I think so. You know, I, like I, it's all in the mind, isn't it? You know, yeah. you can really achieve anything. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you put your mind to it and if you train hard enough and you have the right support around you. Um, but he was actually with the girls, he was telling a story when, with the last Olympic cycle when they missed out um, in the shootout and I only came into the squad after that. So he knows a lot of our team for a long time now, I think, and that relationship helps as well because you build you know, a sense of trust um, when you've been through a lot of different tournaments and um, you know, you've been part of the journey all along. Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. And just on something else that we were looking at, and obviously that's been shouted about a lot lately, is the 2020 campaign where it's about 20% more coverage on media uh, for women's sport. Have you noticed, obviously with the success, it's easy, you're going to get more attention. But have you noticed before the kind of build up to the Olympic run that things like you're getting more and more attention and more and more coverage from people and it's not just purely because of the current success? Uh, yeah, I think the 20 by 20 firstly is an absolutely fantastic initiative and, mm. you know, if anything, it actually aims quite small, you know, all we're looking for is an increase of 20% of what was already there and what yeah. was already there was minuscule. Sure. Um, so I'm sure when we see the figures at the end of the year and by 2020 that it's gonna gone off the Richter scale. Um, but media have definitely got on board. Um, you know, it's fantastic to see the coverage of Lady Ladies Gaelic Games, women's soccer, women's mm. rugby, um, so many different sports, athletics straight to summer. And I think it plays a huge part. I think our World Cup showed that, you know, people do care. And if you, when you put us on RTE, you know, people were watching. And 100%. Um, so it, it makes a massive difference. And, you know, I think it's also so important, as you said, just like we had last weekend, it's important for people to show up and to come to these events. Attendance is massive. Um, so, yeah, we've definitely, we've definitely made strides, but we're, we're a long way off. Uh, where we want to be, I suppose, in terms of competing with um, the coverage that male side of things yeah. get, but we're going in the right direction. 100%. The rankings, the world rankings are out since well, September, the 24th of September, the last world rankings I have here, with Ireland in 8th place. You never take a heed, really, of world rankings. I don't <laughs> know, no one knows how they work, but we do know that the Netherlands are top. Are they the team to beat yeah, they're going to always be the favourites. Um, it's a little bit more open on the men's side of things, but for the last number of years, the Dutch have dominated. Um, but saying that, you know, GB really surprised us in Rio and beat them in the gold medal game. So we're reigning Olympic champions. So, um, you know, the impossible can happen. Anyone is beatable on their day. Um, but to get to GB and to get to that game, we'll have to come through uh, five other tough opposition in our pool. Um, yeah, so it'll, it'll be interesting. When is the draw for the for the championship? Yes, it's already been done. Oh, is um, it? Yeah. Who do we have? We have GB, Germany, are the Dutch in our pool? I'm not sure. Maybe Korea and India. So there's six teams, two pools of six teams, only 12 um, qualify for the Olympics. And essentially you have to come top four to qualify for yeah. a quarterfinal. And the fact that it is only 12, this it, it technically is kind of almost more elite than, say, the World, Ch the World Cup. It is, yeah. So there are 16 at the World Cup, so it makes it that much more difficult to um, to qualify. And it's supposed to be the hottest Olympics ever. Um, we'll play our first while. Pool Kings, I think, is it in seven or eight days. Um, so then you're hoping to make it into a quarter final, And then, sure, if it goes from there, you have a quarter semi and a final three huge games in five days. So, yeah, it'll be an incredibly intense two weeks. And that's something that the the rugby lads found that the humidity was huge out there, so there was a lot of uh, handling errors. Would that be something that you would find with the stick at all? Yeah, it would definitely impact what grip you have on your stick. Um, for me, I wear gloves with a certain, um, I suppose, a certain grip as well on the inside of them, so that my grip isn't slipping. And you'd always have a spare set. 
but um, yeah, it would definitely, you know, it would be important. Badly and on on the eyebrows, you know, you don't need to sweat. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, you don't sweat. There's no pressure. <laughs> Listen, what what? How long will you be out there before the tournament starts? Uh, we actually just got a provisional um, schedule there, so I think uh, the selected squad will fly out is about two weeks before the tournament starts. Um, to, yeah, I suppose just get acclimatise. Yeah. Listen, t- next year, you, this is probably each year seems to be increasing. Your, your World Cup, second place in the World Cup, qualifying for Olympics. So, what, 2020? What are you looking for uh, in 2020? Freedom of Limerick? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to put in a good word, you know. Like <laughs> I don't think I'll have to. Once you come home with that gold medal, no, no pressure. Sure. You can, you'd be crazy sheep in Stevens Green, no problem. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, to win a gold medal is going to be tough. It's going to be challenging. But it, and you can't say, oh, I'd just be happy with a medal. But if you're, if you're in a semi-final, um, I suppose it's, it's just on the day, isn't it? Yeah, anything can happen on the day. Um, you know, we've never been to an Olympics before. And I think for a long time, we were obsessed with just getting there. Yeah. And with the new coach, he's always said that, you know, this is just... Um, a stepping stone really that the goal is to medal at an Olympics and I suppose when you give as much of your life to something as we have and you know being competitive people nobody's just happy to make up the numbers and compete like you want to go and you want to be the best in the world so yeah who knows now listen nine we'll, we'll be sharing for you and we'll be sending letters down to the, the mayor <laughs> of Limerick <laughs> fantastic <laughs> listen Roshin thanks very much for taking our call uh, it's, you've given us unbelievable moments uh, and I really hope there's some more unbelievable moments there for you and the girls cheers guys thanks Mel take no care problem. all the best take care bye 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 super stuff that's brilliant now hey Ireland yes 3-1 up Oh, <laughs> didn't go up on the screen, but ah, no, there yeah, it is. Yeah, there, three yeah, yeah. one up. Yes. Yeah. So, well, uh, no uh, super interview, and you know it's it's incredibly professional considering the semi-professionalism or whatever it is. But it's awesome to hear um, what way it's going to be, and they already have their plan. They're already kind of looking ahead. It sounds like a slick operation, um, so they're obviously going to give them everything possible mm-hmm. to do what they're going to do, and just basically go out there and play, and hopefully to the best of their ability. So it's going to be exciting. Um, and like you said, within five minutes, we're all experts. And it was weird because I I kind of went, I kind of wanted to say I knew it because one of the first two panels, I was like. She's just standing up. She's not doing enough. What the? F- yeah, and, I, yeah, and then yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, she said it. She yeah, said, she, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I do know what I'm talking about." <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it was it was great to hear. It and I'm using the wrong mouse. Listen, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about obviously what's happening right now, what happened last week, and what ha- what's coming up ahead after this. Broadcasting to Lucan. This is Lippy Sound. 96.4 FM Have you thought about joining your local credit union? As a member of Lucan District Credit Union, you would be joining 19,500 other members who all live or work in your community. Your savings with us are fully secure and protected by government guarantee. As a member of the credit union, you can apply for a loan whenever you need it with flexible repayment terms. We are your local community bank and we are here for you at whatever stage of life you are at. Visit us at www.lucancu.ie for more information. 
Lucan District Credit Union is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. The Liffey Valley Park Alliance is delighted that so many locals and visitors are now enjoying the many attractions of our lovely Liffey Valley. The conservation of the Liffey Valley as a green lung for the region is our priority. If you'd like to play a part in our efforts, please phone or text 087 615 2229 or 085 2838 788. Thank you. Hello, Africa. Hello, Luca. My name is Mane Finda, and I'm the host of our brand new show, African Jamboree. I'm so excited and honored to be joining the Leafy Sound FM family. So tune in every Saturday at 6 p.m. for your weekly celebration of the very best of African music and all the news about African achievers and movers and shakers worldwide. Tuonane Basi, Africa. Abiento Lucan. I'll see you then. You're listening to Liffy Sound on 96.4 FM. Yes, it's 9.36 here on the 14th of November. This is the big kickoff here in Liffey Sound, 96.4 FM. With myself, Dave and Roy. It is currently 3-1. Callum Robinson with a goal. Sean McGuire has been given the man of, ma- manager's man of the match. He's been given man of the match. Um, I can't see. Yeah, just over 18,000 rather. But by all accounts, the guy who's doing the kind of text commentary said, look, it's one of the better games we've seen in the Aviva for a good few months, for a good few. So whoever, whoever it was, uh, hopefully well wrapped up over there, got to see a half decent game. But by the looks of just quickly flicking down, it looks like there was plenty of chances for her in the second half. He said, so. especially if you inflicted the two recent qualifiers on your eyeballs <laughs> so there you go <laughs> if that doesn't say anything about it so yeah impressive win obviously the big game coming up on Monday night uh, just a quick one oh, that's going to ready to see this one England 7 oh Tammy Abraham scored his first international goal so yeah basically that's it they're done and dusted they just needed a point from the last two games so that's sorted that's them uh, so we'll see how that goes Massive game obviously coming up ahead on Monday. Doesn't look like most of the big boys are actually playing today, so he's keeping them nice and fresh. He had Mario Rosenstock up there on Monday night, dressed up in the full Jorgen Klopp garb. Oh, so he did most of the skit with that. But FEI put up a little 20 to 30 second bit on the Twitter feed where he's talking a bit in the Mick McCarthy style, having a bit of crack. So, yeah, it seems nice and light. Uh, it looked like they were playing a bit of Kabaddi. Do you know the Indian game where they're all hands are linked and... They, the guy goes over and tries to touch one and gets back. Oh, yes. It looks yeah, like they yeah, were playing yeah, a bit yeah, of that yeah. as well. They put it up on their Twitter feed over the last couple of so days. So, by all accounts, they, he's keeping them nice, keeping it nice and light. Yeah, take any pressure off that they think might have on them. Yeah. But that's it, you know, because, to be honest, personally, I just, we owe them one. We owe them one. You know, they don't have... What's a, your good feeling, though? I have... The fan of me at the moment is happy and confident. I just feel we're due one. You know, Schmeichel and... I nearly said F and Ericsson and all I'm giving it the big one we're nothing and, and I love it I love I'm it. really getting to that point where it's like do you know what you just keep saying it boys because I'd love to see a click with Ireland going right we'll, we'll, we'll bloody show you and yeah. with McCarthy at the wheel I'd like to think he will put a, some of that across them and not be overly cautious or overly safe and say yeah we're, we're, we're in Dublin now let's put it on them I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Coleman is yes. suspended only just because his powers have waned a little bit. And I think for him, he needs Doherty to get into that position and for him to have to fight back. 
100%. And I think the same at Everton. He, he needs to fight back in, in Everton because he's yeah, lost the place Yeah, because Sabidi's a decent well. player. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised he didn't get in earlier uh, if, if it wasn't going And it gives so. Doherty a great opportunity now he to show... He has to grab, it, grab a heart. Yeah, do what he's, just do what you're doing with Wolves and what have you and whatever, anyone else that's there. Obviously, McGoldrick is in cracking form with Sheffield mm-hmm. United. They're flying. So he's back as well. So obviously, the centre-halves were not fully loaded. On four. Is Duff, Duffy's okay, isn't he? Duffy's okay. But Johnny, Duff, uh, John, yeah, Egan. but Johnny Egan's there. So And he's been banging... And even Kieran Clark has been banging in a goal or two and his confidence is going to be up so he's there in the background as well so it's not too bad it's not I the worst of the world I think we're sturdy enough it's just it's a centre midfield area that yes. that's what we're we and I'm looking at uh, Josh Cullen tonight and he, every time I see him he's just comfortable on the ball he doesn't lose and he's always chasing it down he to try and win wits. it back he's a Charlton yeah, isn't he and they love him I, I do I really think he's a really really good player uh, but I don't think that you, you can nearly pick the team can't you you can nearly see the, the Glenn Wheel yeah, and all the boys back and, uh, but, uh, listen, it'll be very interesting because it, it could be it McCarthy's last game yeah it could the irony of it. Be. Um, by all accounts I think we will probably squeak into the playoff Yeah. although as far as I know I think the playoff is going to be a semi-final final job yes it is so it's not going to be a straightforward and there will no doubt there'll be a, a couple of banana skins in there but who's to say so it could be in this format we're just best off waiting to see who we get because there's no way of figuring it out is there? not a danger that's why I didn't look into it too much yeah. it's like we'll see what happens but Jesus I just love us to do it the right way and we usually pull something out of the bag in the last game hopefully we'll do something again I do have a little sneaky feeling and kind of fancy at the moment but I don't know whether that's, that's just pure fan belief but it's just all the shy talk and the crap and there's definitely a bit of lack of disrespect from them and so I, I, I could love to see the lads channel a bit of that and, and put it on them yeah, yeah. <laughs> But they are a decent side, and they, and, oh, they, and, they, and they will cause us problems. But like, so it's how we deal with that. That's the. It's a bit thing. like other nations around that level. They have that somebody, and who, that is Ericsson, and we gave him far too much room that time in the Aviva. But just don't let them sit in there. Are their defence the any better? Box. Not a danger because when we put it on them, they were dodgy. They don't have clinical strikers up front. Uh, any clinic more clinical than ours? You know what I mean? There isn't a massive gap. No, no. It's just what how don't over concentrate on him, but make sure. You don't give him too much room. You give him too much room, he's going to do what he's going to do. But um, I wouldn't focus solely on him, if you know what I mean. No, well, that, that's one Focus of the, on the game. That's your one own of the game. things that I loved about the Jack Charlton era yeah. was that he always got asked, what do you think about England? What do you think about Holland? What, what, don't know. Says, Listen, I'm not worried about them. I'm only worried about us. I only think about how we play. 100%. We'll enforce our game on them. And that's the exact way we should go out and, and do that. You're looking at some of the results and they've gone kind of the way you thought they were going to go, Dave. Yeah, sorry, France uh, were in a spot of bother with Moldova. Um, they managed to beat them 2-1. Portugal have done the job. They were Them and Serbia, it's basically neck and neck for them for second place. Um, and I don't know if they're playing each other, but it's going to go to the last Who's one. Who's hopping that one? Uh, if we flick, we'd have to flick to this one. I But the Czech Republic beat Kosovo and that damages their chances. Pretty much. So basically, Kosovo were beating Czech Republic and they were sitting second and it's pretty much done and dusted. Now, as you can see, Kosovo are four points behind, unfortunately. If that had stayed 1-0, it would have been the other way around, two points clear. So unfortunately, that's it for them. So England and Czech Republic are going to actually Europe. That's the best way you can say it. You can't say they're going to any specific no. country. Um, it's technically a bit of a home one for England because they're going to have two games in Wembley guaranteed in the group stages and obviously if they get to the semi-final and final. So for them more than any other country it's definitely a home tournament so to speak. But that's, that's the same for Ireland. If they qualify. Yeah, we've definitely got two as well. Yeah. 
but we don't have our semi-final and final if we get there. If you, that's why I'm saying it's slightly more of a home tournament for them. Dave, we're just happy to get there. Oh, bloody sure. <laughs> if Jeez. we get to a semi-final and final, we'll play it in Outer Mongolia. It doesn't matter 100%. where. 100%. Now, if you excuse me, I'm going to try and give this a go because allegedly uh, Kino has a say tonight on TV about Gareth Southgate in relation to Sterling and Gomez. It looks like it's going to go straight into it, but if it doesn't, please forgive me. Um, but I'm just going to play it here and see if we can hear it. From my own experience, having been a manager, seeing players um, having uh, fisticuffs, I've added myself as a player. Um, I, uh, I think they've made a bigger deal than what it really is. Uh, I think it's all part of the game. We're, I suppose we're quite quick to criticise players for not caring. and um, Obviously Raheem is upset, whatever went on the previous day. I'm not patting him on the back for going at one of his teammates. But I think Gareth could have played it down quite easily by saying, it's no big deal, we move on. Because he's had to speak about it for two or three days now. Oh, yeah, I suppose you put the mics on. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, that but, see, I, I see it from Gareth Southgate's point of view. Yeah. What he's looking at is he doesn't want a divide starting within the group. It was always England's They've problem. They've been so united in the last couple of years that if, if he lets that go that there's going to be, and, and just sweeps and listen, get on with each other, and they shake hands, and it's not really meant. There's going to be that little divide, and then if you're with a teammate, Liverpool sort of... The Liverpool City run-in, it's going to be tense yeah, anyway. then all yeah. of a sudden, when you come back into camp the next time, then it's still there, and then you're coming into a European Championships, and you don't want to end up like, like the, the Liverpool France boys and the Hollands. If it was let go... And the yeah. Liverpool boys be like, this is bad for yeah. me, because you'll, you'll back your teammate. Yeah. So um, this is put, just putting down, I think... I, I actually agree with him. I know what Keane's saying. It definitely happens all the time. But if you want to make sure that it doesn't so evolve into something that you can't control, then I do think that you say, listen, this is the situation. If anyone does this uh, again, you're risking not being in the yeah, squad even. Exactly. And to be honest, I would pretty much agree with it word for word in the sense that I do like certain things. He goes about it very understated, but it does, definitely looks like he's a bit of a steal about him. And yeah. he, there is a certain, he's one of these where you respect the badge, you respect, like we, we work in a certain manner, having to go with the underage boys with the jersey, the names around the front. And yeah. it's the three lines of stuff is the one that you should be showing, not your own name, blah, blah, blah. And it's a bit like this. I was kind of glad I heard something about it, as in he's done something like, we're not getting rid of you. You're just not playing on Thursday. Don't be silly. Because it's apparently it was a five or ten second thing. Then you could see apparently there's marks on Gomez's face, mm. and apparently it's from Sterling. There was talk that Southgate was willing to say, go on, off home, would you come back the next time? And apparently Gomez, that's one of the other stories that came out, was Gomez going, off, no, drop it, Gaffer. It's, it's done and dusted now. Leave it as it is. Mm. And then it came to, look, Stay in the squad. You'll be back Monday, but you're 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 sitting up up in the stands for this one. But for what I believe, and this was the story that was out, that Sterling walked in when he was joining in with the into the camp, and Gomez was sitting down in if it was canteen area or whatever area it was, and they just happened to be laughing at something the minute Sterling was walking in, and, and he, he thought it was about him, and then this is how because obviously that's the first thing he's and he seen for since the match, so. This is where they hold it. But listen, it's it's not much, is it? It's not really much. Sorry, just a face showed uh, appeared outside and waved, and it's like, who are you? <laughs> just uh, we're up here at the penny near the penny hill. If that happens <laughs> over the next twenty seconds, <laughs> if, if there's dead air. <laughs> 
Anyhow, so it's all blown over yeah. anyhow. So it yeah, shouldn't look, it's be it, done. Probably. And to be honest, Southgate won't entertain it anymore. Everyone, it's great for us because we can talk about something and it's a bit more exciting because usually footballers are so bloody boring. So it's great to hear Keno's great for us, but he'll be like, he will never play it, play on it again. No. It's done. I've dealt with it. Move on, lads. It's over. Uh, it's as simple as that. Um, and that's the way it is. And happy days for him. And it's another little, tiny little advertisement how I think he's going about his business with them and another feckin' battering of a team. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be back in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this is the ad. You're listening to Liffy Sound, www.liffysoundfm.ie. Listen online, community radio at its best. Hello, Africa. Hello, Luca. My name is Mane Finda and I'm the host of our brand new show, African Jamboree. I'm so excited and honored to be joining the Liffy Sound FM family. So tune in every Saturday at 6 p.m. for your weekly celebration of the very best of African music and all the news about African achievers and movers and shakers worldwide. Tuonane Basi, Africa. Abiento Lucan. I'll see you then. At TK Windows, we offer an extensive line of windows and doors to suit any home. We are a Dublin-based company who have built a great reputation for quality and service. We recognise your desire for windows and doors that ensure your home stays warm, thereby lowering your energy bill and reducing heat loss. For further information, call 01-424-2067 or visit our website www.dkwindows.ie Join us every Thursday night on the big kickoff with Roy and Dave from 9 to 10pm. We will have all the latest sports news and stories both locally and internationally and also plenty of interviews with sporting men and women from around the world. And if you missed the show, you can always listen back on our podcast through SoundCloud, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts and of course on Liffey Sound's social media. So that time again for the big kickoff, it's 9 to 10pm every Thursday. Tune to Liffy Sound 96.4 FM. That time of year again, folks. Ian Wright, Wright, Wright. We had the glorious Harry Redknapp on it last year. This year, this year we'll have Ian Wright. I don't know whether he'll cope quite as well as uh, Harry. Ha- Harry's just a character, isn't he? Yeah, full of great stories. And- Ian Wright is energy. Yeah. And if the energy zaps, it's going to be very yeah. interesting to see what kind of in right. A bit of hunger and everything else. He could yeah. be a li- he could be a little bit feisty and a bit of pokey. I, I, I'd say he'd be great crack. I'd say he'd be a good team player. But I'd say he'll he could provide a few little spiky moments as well. Yeah, I think so. Who who else was in it? Um, Russ? No, not Russ. Ah, oh, his dad was in Spandau Ballet. The grey-haired fellow. Oh, Ross Kemp. Kemp. Ross Martin Kemp. Yeah. Ross Kemp <laughs> uh, his son Roman Kemp he's a DJ he's going to be on it I've seen him on Gogglebox with him he's, he seems a funny lad okay. um, I'm struggling now I'm struggling now oh Caitlyn Jenner's in it another sports person That's like right. the way I said uh, ex-gold medalist out to Catlin Andrew Maxwell oh yes sorry I forgot no doubt there'll be a bit of Brexit talk a bit of, bit of a laugh so uh, Andrew Maxwell will be good he'll, uh, he'll, he'll be funny, funny. He'll, he'll be funny it. and yeah, he'll keep yeah. it going so yeah plenty to see but it's just Ian Wright will be interesting because he's a bit of a laugh I remember remember when he first retired and he had his own chat show remember they did it for a while on UTV um, didn't last for very long I think he got a season now but he, he tried his best at it and obviously a bit of music but I'd say he'd be a good laugh but we went and said, did he? I don't remember that yeah Dean Wright show it was what a was chat on? I was on UTV but it was one of these I think they put it on late on a Friday night oh uh, just to see what's the story anyway. but anyway keep an eye on it starting on Sunday I think as far as I know 
There we go. And the All-Star lineup is back. Mr. 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 McPartner will be back as well this year. That's true. That is true. Uh, Zlatan. Yes, he came. He saw it conquered. He's after bidding farewell to the LA Galaxy. I am stalling here because the... Uh, it's, it's not loading. <laughs> it's not but yeah, loading. The, the rumours are potentially back to Italy. AC Milan are looking like the favourites, but there's one or two obviously sniffing around. And their talk, if, if to get Ibrahim Vigin to Milan, they have to get rid of three players. So, pff, wow. Know, I, yeah. is, is he that I had the same problem uh, earlier on, so yeah, unfortunately you're probably not going to get in yeah. and it, read much more. Is he, is he that important No, for Milan? No. Well, I was looking at Milan, they're only three points or four points off relegation. Oh no, listen, they're so. in trouble. It could be a bit of a, a boost for them, but you know they already got rid of one of the youths in Patrick Catroni to uh, Wolves, who was kind of a new up-and-coming star. I can't. I couldn't even tell you who's up front for them anymore. Um, they've threatened once or twice over the last couple of years, but just are always missing that one player or whatever. Maybe they don't quite have the money. I'm not too sure. So look, it'd be a bit of a star name for them. It might give them a bit of a boost, but they, they need a hell of a lot more than Ibrahimovic. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't have to quote here, but he basically he came, he saw, he conquered. And uh, you just gonna go back to watching baseball now. Yeah, you just wanted Slatan, <laughs> you got Slatan, blah blah blah. Uh, you have to, it's brought it's something along the lines of it's brought his love back for football again. It kind of he thought he was kind of coming near the end and it kind of brought him back to life and he wants to give it another go. Um Could he do a job in the premiership? He, yeah, maybe not a starter. He could be one of them twenty minutes, half an hour guys. He's clever enough now, to be honest. He's really clever, like and he kind of copped on. You've seen him at United, he kind of the kind of crap at the very start of his career, the bit of the maverick in him, he kind of rounded that off a little bit and became a good footballer and a consistent footballer and not just a bit of a, a show pony. Yeah. Um, he really did come to the form, was not far off the two lads. Like, if you know, he'd be on that other bracket. That's how good he was at the time. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought he was a bit, I don't know, I thought he was a bit inconsistent at times. Yeah. And he's 38. Yeah, but. So Italy's probably ideal. He is. It's got. It's, he, he's a scorer of great goals, isn't he? Some of yeah. the goals he scores are just ah, unbelievable. And he's incredibly uh, flexible with his yoga or whatever he, his taekwondo or whatever yeah. else he does. Like he still looks after himself, and he doesn't pick up too many muscle injuries or anything like that. Like he's fairly. Yeah. He does look after himself, and he's a solid specimen. So anyway, Milan he, looks like the place he's going. But I seen a headline next week because it was kind of linked Emery Chan looks to be on his way out of Juventus just never happened from there no. but apparently they're holding him for 30 million now for them I 30 think million for somebody who didn't play but that's super business for them because they got him on a free mm, I don't and somebody might have a bite at that if Galatasaray come to my mind 100% they normally yeah, go for them yeah, Turkish descent as well it could yeah. be ideal for him. but yeah they, it looks like he's on the way out from um, did you see this sign track Frankfurt captain yeah. David Abraham has been banned for seven Ooh. weeks and fined 21,000 do you think he really knew he meant it oh, he meant it yeah. he meant it so he if tried you didn't his know, best to make it look like a quam yeah if you didn't know Abraham was sent off for knocking into uh, Freiburg boss Christian he was just standing Street, there uh, sending him flying as he chased the ball now he didn't he chased the ball but he just took him out of it didn't yeah. he and of course then it turned into a bit of uh, oh yeah uh, good melee yeah, yeah a bit, bit of handbags but yeah. good melee not n- nonetheless but yeah seven weeks when you look at seven weeks Fine, 21 grand 21 grand uh, FIFA are you know giving out fines of 80 grand for or 80,000 euros so 60,000 for mm. for racism 
I think it just shows that the racism thing isn't really taken serious. Speaking of which, but, uh, uh, way for Brazilian uh, forward Tazon with Shakhtar Donetsk was sent off last week for reacting to racist abuse towards him. Um, something similar to Balotelli. Oh. Heard it all. Gave them the gesture or whatever, some kind of a hand gesture. I didn't see the hit, but then kicked the ball at them. And he went over, the ref went over and sent them off. And he was in, he was in bits. He was gutted. And uh, him and his, I think it was Detino is his fellow uh, compatriot. And he, um, they were both getting it. And Shakhtar are like, listen, whatever happened, happened. But do the right thing and rescind his red card. Don't be suspending him and this, that and the other. They're going very quiet about it. But this is where FIFA need to get their act together. And we were just talking about Wenger being made FIFA, whatever bloody job Robbie's got. Who cares? I don't care. Get involved. Get at these uh, associations and start doing something yeah. about this. Because here's this step. We're going to do this step. And that's great. But now lads are being sent off for being probably getting monkey chants uh, at them. And they're kind of, because other people are standing up a bit and a bit like England standing up and Balotelli, he's thinking, feck this, so am I. And now he's getting penalised for it. So, yeah. It's uh, it was interesting that we posted up there the other day that there has been a big campaign to ban racism from football in England. And I believe there was a case with James McLean again. This is not the yeah, first time. Yeah, apparently they're looking into it. It'd be interesting to see what way they, after such a, a, a strong campaign, how they look into this yep. the James McLean thing. Because it's, 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 it's highly racist. It's highly consistent. Yeah. Uh, it's year in, year out. Mm-hmm. And there has never been anything done about it whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. It's brushed away. So it'll be interesting now to yeah, see how they do, what they do with this. Uh, talk about the Premier League again. The, uh, VAR, it's been a disaster in the Premier League, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, every weekend there's been a number of controversial incidents. <sighs> David McGoldrick's goal was ru- ruled off harshly for offside. What did you make of that one, Dave? Uh, very briefly, it's not a positive, by the way. It's the only thing about VAR that's been consistent is the offside calls. But these big toe ones or armpits are surely in the next two weeks they can talk to some geeks and say, right, we'll, we'll give... Because the original rule before VAR was the benefit of the doubt goes to the attacker. Mm. So maybe is there going to be a slight distance of a few inches or something? Whether Especially if it's like a foot or a hand. Can you kind of come up with a rule of thumb or a bit like the finish line and take, can you kind of, if the torso or a main body part or something, maybe then it's offside. Can they come up with some other rule of thumb? Cause that, that big toe or a slight, it's just cruel. And once again, a bit like the Liverpool one, they were able to kind of show it from different angles and prove it was onside. They were able to, somebody else was able to prove that the Salah one, which was deemed onside was offside. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah. Is there some kind of a rule where because it was it in my opinion it's not enough it's not enough three and a half minutes wasted and it wasn't enough it was like a it was a big toe wasn't it yeah it was a big toe yeah. and I just think it's it's slowing down the game as yeah. we talked about this last week yeah it's slowing down the game and there's too many incidents now that have been referred to VAR nearly every incident is and um, any complaint is and they had a meeting today to the Premier League go on yeah you're gonna say something else yeah yeah you go on you, you yeah you the Premier League had a meeting and it was the Premier League clubs who made these decisions they don't want the referees to be overdoing it going to the monitor at halfway halfway line because it'll slow it down even more they're mm-hmm. still quite happy to keep it going apparently there's going to be more detail on the screen. So remember we were talking about we, why can't they mic them up straight away? Yeah. The, it's a mini step that it'll be checking for penalty for potential handball. It's not going to be checking for penalty anymore. They're going to actually give a bit of a reason on the screen for what it is. They're going to show 
what they're looking at on the screen to make it a bit clearer what they're doing, it's still a bit of a gesture thing because you're going, what, what I, I, I think they should rather hear what they're listening to because these guys know the rules inside out. We yeah. know most of them, yeah. but they know the sub ones and the sub whatever and they can kind of go, this is why we're not giving it even though a lot of us would say it is or whatever. You know, anyway, it is what it is. So yeah, they, they, Mike Riley got, by all accounts, a bit of a grilling today on it. So we'll see, we'll see. But it, I'm very much an advocate of it in principle, but the the Premier League, whatever about other, I don't know how. I know Italy do it. I know a few others, but I've no idea uh, how it's going on there. I haven't heard too much controversies, mm-hmm. but the Premier League are not doing a great job. I remember I was saying, "Is there something? I don't know what it is." And then I said, "A half messing with one of the lads. Are they are they trying to do it? Do away with it on purpose? Are they trying to make that much of a balls of it that's gone? Are refs trying to?" If we do it badly, they'll get rid of it. I don't know, but mm. it's, some of it is just so bad. It is bad. No, not just, yeah, terrible. Yeah. And I, I I, still go with what we were saying last week. I think that you should have a a call on, yeah. you know, two calls or whatever yeah. it is. And if, if you get it wrong, you lose one. You lose it. And, and you don't lose any if you get it right. That's it. And then if the, if it's offside, it's offside. If it's not offside and you haven't got one, it's tough, you yeah. know. So. yeah. yeah. Uh, you just want to that, and when they're scoring goals now, you, I'm even doing it when you're at home. You're looking at a goal that goes yeah. in, and then you're going right. We're waiting for seeing just in case. A yeah. chance. You can't you can't celebrate goals now because yeah. you don't know if they're they actually are goals now. So yeah, because especially if you're giving it the big one in the 90th minute, a bit like City in last year in the Champions League hasn't happened to me yet. But Christ, I'd say it'd be good. Yeah, it'd yeah, be good. Um, just a very quick one on that one. Yes, it was a handball by Alexander Ireland, but if they had stopped it. The way they go about it, I'm not saying this is what I think. I think the way they go about it, they still probably wouldn't have given it. Once they've seen... Because apparently it hits Bernardo Silva on the arm as well. I wouldn't be surprised that they would find a way of not giving it. What? what, First of all, the the referees, the VAR didn't include the handball from Bernardo Silva in the decision. So they made the call purely on... They made the call on the handball. And still didn't give it. And still didn't give it. But I th- believe in the rules that if the ball hits your arm mm-hmm. from too close, uh, technically there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And that's a bit like Liverpool's in the second half with Sterling. Yeah. He was literally right in that's front it. of him. And right. that's okay. why Bernardo Silva's wouldn't have counted. Of course, yeah. See? Yeah, not avoid. So, but, but here's my other one. Did you one. think, in all honesty, did you think that he was in a natural position? Or did you feel I genuinely, that the arm came genuinely, up? genuinely think he kind of moved it a little bit yeah, towards the ball. I, I, I honestly do think In the slow-mo, did. and it's coming across, his hand pretty much stays where it is and then slowly then comes, comes out a bit, it, yeah. I think. Now, here's my other little potential span of the works, and it's a bit like the United goal against Liverpool. Ref right waved it on. 20-odd seconds later, Liverpool score. I'm sorry, it's the ship has sailed. No matter how blatant the handball it is, ship has sailed. Ref never called it. Did the ref not call it because he thought, screw it, when the ball goes out, they'll tell me whether it's a handball or not. That's, that shouldn't be the case. Ref, make your call and check bar right there and then. Don't play on because that was the problem for they, City. Did, City they got did, double they that, the penalty. They did that in a competition not so long ago and it went back to a penalty for, for the opposite team. Yeah. The exact same incident. But this is where but it this should be up to ref. This Stop the, the game. Yeah. I think it's a penalty for a handball and that's it. City, it. It would have been a penalty or not and the game would have been... But the reason why it made it worse for the City because they got punished by a goal. Well, in my opinion, if it goes that far, tough, it's over. Ref made the call, which mm-hmm. was none, 
But in my opinion, something as blatant as that, Guerrero's going mad. He should blow a whistle and go, maybe a possible penalty, will you have a look? Or is he thinking, I'll play on, let the game play, and if it's not a penalty, I can understand why he probably played on. But I would feel aggrieved if I was the Liverpool team going, well, technically, if you thought it was that much of a penalty, you shouldn't have let us break and score. Unfortunately, that's the rules at the yeah, moment, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. In all honesty, though, I don't think City had it in them to beat Liverpool, no matter what. So there was a I just think Liverpool had the edge. So a couple of my United mates said the same thing. Even if City went 1-0 up, I still think Liverpool A couple of my United mates said the same thing. To be honest, I don't think it made a big difference. And I probably would agree with them, but I certainly noticed for about... After the tour goal, for about 15 minutes, I was comfortable watching mm. it. And City never responded. And in my opinion, City gave up. A lot of players seemed to go through the motions until eventually there was a bit of a spark. And once they got the goal, they kind of came alive. But they never really tried to push it and back. And Liverpool were still potentially there to be got at. And you can look at a couple of players. But I'd be very disappointed to see. And Kevin De Bruyne, I thought, was non-existent. Non-existent. But then again, so was Aguero. Mm. So, He's never scored in Anfield, would you believe? No, that's amazing, isn't it? And by all accounts, he was given plenty of chances. So, yeah, it was a funny one. Anyhow, that must be us. Yeah, we finished 3-1 um, with Ireland. And hopefully, uh, we get some luck on Monday. Still a job in the Danes, I hope. Uh, other than that now have a wonderful weekend there's plenty on no doubt all the rugby's back obviously the internationals are on and get out there and enjoy some of it yourselves